You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sarrow right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, man. Man, what's crack a lackin', baby? What's crack a lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Police in Tehran are on guard today for more protests. Authorities have beefed up the police presence after protesters took to the streets this weekend demanding that top officials step down after the Iranian military admitted that it had mistakenly shot down a Ukrainian airliner. Police used tear gas to disperse them. NPR's Peter Kenyon says Iran claims the plane was mistaken for a cruise missile. Hundreds gathered at universities in Tehran in the wake of the government's admission, after three days of denials, that it did shoot down the Ukrainian jet. The head of the Revolutionary Guard's Aerospace Force said an officer mistook the passenger jet for an incoming cruise missile. The head of Ukraine International Airlines criticized Iran for leaving the airspace open at a time of hostilities with the U.S. The Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is expected to be in the western city of Edmonton this afternoon. 
to attend a memorial service for victims of the disaster. 57 of the 176 people killed were Canadians of mainly Iranian descent. Another firefighter has died fighting Australia's devastating bushfires. NPR's Jason Bovian in Sydney says the fatality brings a human death toll in the current fire season in Australia to 28. Bill Slade is the latest firefighter to lose his life in the devastating blazes. The 60-year-old was killed while battling a fire in the southeastern state of Victoria when a tree fell on his vehicle. Another fiery, as the volunteers were called, was killed in the state on January 3rd. Australia is being hit with its worst bushfire season in decades. Millions of acres have been torched, thousands of homes lost, and dozens of blazes continue to rage out of control in three states. The Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, is considering establishing a royal commission to investigate why the fires have been so bad this year and to look at the role of climate change in exacerbating the crisis. 2019 was the hottest and driest year on record in Australia. Jason Bobiat, NPR News, Sydney. China is urging the international community to respect its one China principle after voters in Taiwan re-elected their pro-democracy president in a landslide. The BBC's Celia Hatton reports that President Tsai Ing-wen rejects Beijing's demand that Taiwan should be reunited with the mainland and advocates continued autonomy for the island. Just 10 days ago, the Chinese President Xi Jinping urged Taiwan to accept that it must and will be reunited with China cautioning that Beijing reserve the right to use force to make reunification a reality. Taipei's future relationship with Beijing became the central issue of Taiwan's election, and voters overwhelmingly rejected Xi Jinping's warning, handing the Taiwanese president, Tsai Ing-wen, a second term. One of Ms. Tsai's first acts following her victory was to meet the top American official in Taipei, Brent Christensen, thanking him for his support. You're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. As president, my highest and most solemn duty is the defense of our nation and its citizens. Last night at my direction, the United States military successfully executed a flawless precision strike that killed the number one terrorist anywhere in the world, Qasem Soleimani. Soleimani was plotting imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel but we caught him in the act and terminated him. Our president will start a war with Iran because he has absolutely no ability to negotiate. I believe that he will attack Iran sometime prior to the election because he thinks that's the only way he... Now, in terms of impeachment, you will keep asking me the same question. I keep giving you the same answer. As I said right from the start, we need to see the, the arena in which we are sending our managers. Is that too much to ask? No, I'm not holding him indefinitely. I'll send him over when I'm ready. And that will probably be soon. So, Jake, on the other side... Uh... The biggest problem I have with the briefing, which I would add was probably the worst briefing I've seen, at least on a military issue, 
in the nine years I've served in the United States Senate. What we were told over and over again was, uh, look, this action was necessary. Uh, this was a bad guy. We, we had to do it. And they had to leave after 75 minutes while they're in the, in the process of telling us that we need to be good little boys and girls and run along and, and not debate this in public. I, I, I find that absolutely insane. This speech will be talked about long after his second term. This is on par with tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev. This is resetting the relationship between the world and Iran, just not the United States. The president said there's an evil empire in Iran that's uh, bent on destroying the world, uh, killing the people in Israel and coming after us. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell. Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is January 12th, 2020. You're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best, of course, like the guy said. My name is Jay Ryle. Thank you guys so much for being here. We apologize for being a little tardy, as you can guess that there were some technical difficulties. But, you know, we'll do whatever we can to make sure that we can get on the air and make sure we get the information out to you. Um, I'm going to do something a little different this morning, and I haven't talked to him about this. I'm going to introduce uh, the man that gets the first and last word here uh, first. Um, and I'm going to play this by ear. Let me let me bring him in. Mr. Elias is here this morning. Good morning, sir. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Jay. I am doing well. You know, better, better than expected, you know. Um, for those who don't know, I, I lost my mother last uh, Sunday. So, you know... Uh, it's a tough pill to swallow, and it's hard to deal with. But my mother, in her infinite wisdom, would 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 not want me to stop living. So that was her, and I, that's how she taught us to live. Um, it, it's a profound loss for me as well because, uh, oh my God, she was like my mom too. So. I'll be uh, in Indiana next week uh, to attend the memorial service from Ms. Vera Morris. And uh, thoughts and prayers goes out to, to, to Ms. Elias and everyone involved. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been tough around here. So, uh, hey, man, uh, you know, I love you. And, um, you know. I love you too, my brother. Thank you. No, nothing else I could say after that. Let's uh, bring in the rest of the crew. Let's bring in uh, my big sis, uh, Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the Macinelli. Uh Good morning, uh, Vanessa. Welcome into the serious side. Good morning. It is a solemn morning, and um, condolences left to you and your family from mine. I am so apologetic. And we will not be able to attend as we sent part of those thoughts to you and uh, Jay because she is like a mother to you as well. Condolences to you also. I know y'all grew up together. So I'm really sorry, guys. I'm really sorry to be in this family. And I hope everything goes okay. Well, thank you, Vanessa. Um, and for those who don't know, Vanessa is truly a sister to us. She is yep. a blessing to so many people that you wouldn't believe. Vanessa oh, is, is, is that that is that is my sister. 
though. For those who don't we know, love y'all. trust we me. We love y'all. We love Vanessa. Vanessa's a blessing. She we is definitely y'all. a blessing, and uh, you know, you know how we feel about her. We love her to pieces. Let's bring in uh, my little brother, our little brother, the man who I call the educated uh, brother himself, uh, Johnny D. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. Uh, certainly want to extend prayers and condolences to Les. Uh, you know, I, I pray for you all every day, and uh, certainly when, when I heard the, the the heartfelt news last last week, I, I went into to, to extra prayer mode uh, But you know the thing is is When, when, when you listen to the vibrance And in, in, in less voice and, and see that he's continuing The work that just That can only resonate from, from one person And uh, that's that's the mother And that's not to say he doesn't have A strong family nucleus uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know his family But I can certainly see through Through his vigilance and and his diligence um, and commitment that it was a wonderful family. So anything that we can do uh, certainly is done. But um, I, I certainly the prayers have been going out to you and your family, and, and God bless you. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it, Hawk. We've never – well, actually, we've, we've never met, but through Jay, man, I felt like I've known you for years, man. You know, that's just – that's just it, man. It's just, it seems like I've known you for years, and uh, you know, brother, I thank you for being on, being here, and thank you for your prayers, man. Well, no doubt, and we will certainly get together if it's God's will and our purpose, and we'll get together at some point and and break bread and be able to to share some moments. I look forward to that day. I really do. I do too, my brother. Our uh, esteemed colleague and the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Whisper, usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio, but until then, we kind of hold it down, 347-850-1272. We have a show uh, that we definitely have to get to. Uh, chat room should be open, and of course, as usual, and as always, once the chat room is open, we'll get out and monitor the uh, social media uh, websites as well. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Man, uh, it's so much to get into. Uh, not enough time, but we're going to talk about this lion president that we have sitting at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. We're going to talk about crazy Lindsey Graham. And, you know, I mean, we're going to dedicate a segment to this because this is to see what's going on with this man is something that. Uh, I think historians are going to try to figure out in years to come how someone can have a complete 180 about someone. We're going to play some of his greatest quotes about the president. Um, and, I mean, my God, it's just crazy. And, of course, we're going to – then is there a GOP uh, civil war brewing? I mean, we, you know, you're having some defections here. Uh, you heard what Senator Mike Lee said in the post. Uh, we're going to play that for you in its entirety. Not in its entirety, but we want to let you hear it again a little later in the show. Got a lot to get into, Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're going to also talk about uh, impeachment. Matter of fact, let's start right there. Nancy Pelosi looks like she's going to go ahead and send the articles of impeachment over next week. But now I say articles, but just as at the beginning of uh, at, at airtime today, at showtime, now it sounds like she's not going to send both are both articles she's just going to send one article 
And so, so now some Democrats are saying, you know, Nancy, you, you know, listen, we appreciate what you're trying to do. You, you, you got, you know, Bolton said, you know, you got Bolton to admit and say that he would, you know, uh, appear in front of the trial, uh, impeachment trial, if the Senate subpoenas him. You, you know, you've got some more evidence to, you know, come to light. But, I mean, now is are you, you know, is this a strategic nightmare? You know, Mr. Elias, Democrats are saying, and there are some Democrats in the Senate who are saying, look, we need those articles of impeachment. Now, some of those guys have walked that back a little bit. But what do you think, man? Do you think what Nancy Pelosi's doing is collect, you know, correct political strategy, or do you think she's, you know, she, she's, she runs the risk of losing what she's trying to gain? Well, you know, so I think I think it's the correct strategy, Jay. The bottom line is, and, and, and the the Republicans are saying they're going to follow whatever Donald Trump says and what it, what his lawyers say and however they say it, dude. It's not going to be a fair trial. It's not nothing's going to be fair about it. They're going they're going to, you know, and then and then what what happens right after that? The president says, "Oh, look, I've been exonerated," just like. The Mueller report said I was, I was, there was no collusion, and that, that's not what it was said. That's not what they I mean, He's going to say it's been a witch hunt. You know, the same old stuff we hear over and over and over and over again. And like I said, man, I, I think it's a smart move to hold off. I do. I do. What, what about you, Vanessa? Do, do you think that this is smart for her to continue? Now, keep in mind, now, she's held it this long. Now they're talking about her sending over only one article. I mean, do, do you do you think that this is a smart move by her? You know, I, I can't uh, doubt anything that Nancy Pelosi is doing at this time. From what I understand, she's a very smart cookie, and that she thinks strategically about things before she does it. So I think that she knows something that the general public doesn't know. So at this point in the game, I'm going to have to go with Nancy and hope and pray that Nancy knows what she's doing. Because they say she does. They say she's very smart at this game with them, that she's been in it a very long time. And she has. So I'm just going to sit back and let Nancy do Nancy and support Nancy until I see otherwise. Huh. What about you, uh, Johnny? You think that that this is smart, you know, her holding on to this, to these articles of impeachment and saying, hey, you know, we'll we'll get them over. Matter of fact, I'll send one over. Looks like she's looks like she's starting to to to, to uh, cave into some political pressure. But now she's only only going to send over one article. Do you think she's making a mockery of the situation? You know, Jay, when you you started off the segment by. Saying the one thing that I always say that we should condemn in it, which is the politics of it. So the posturing, the gesturing, and and all of the the, the, the political savviness that comes with the dishonesty of of their offices is, is always a disturbing to me. But in 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 likeness, what is it that she's going to lose? Uh, Mitch McConnell has already made it. Uh, well publicized that he's going to hold these 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 hearings how he sees fit. It doesn't appear that the four uh, swing votes will will be able to be obtained. Um, 
So she's managed to get some emails out of it that, that wasn't originally out there. And then, of course, Bolton, which I think is is, is once again uh, his willingness to appear before the Senate, I think is, again, politics, because we know that, that, that Trump can um, invoke an, an executive order and, and stop him from uh, uh, speaking at, at, at the Senate hearing. So, you know, in, in essence, uh, you, you get another couple of weeks out of it. I'm not saying that it's right, but the reality of it is, is that as soon as she sends the the bills over, of, of you know, the bills of indictment, uh, then, you know, McConnell's going to probably make a mockery or even more of a mockery of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that that is a great thing, but at this point in time, I, I don't think that she has a whole lot to, um, to win or lose in the matter. I, I really and truly don't. Huh. All right. Well, that's well. Uh, I'm a little surprised by that, but okay. Uh, now, speaking of the smartest man in the world, uh, and, uh, he's here now. As a matter of fact, it looks like he was here earlier. I didn't re- recognize that that was him calling in. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Street from MysteryRadio.net, the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning. I'm good, man. How are you? Doing outstanding, man. The floor is yours. Well, you know, before I get started, I guess I could publicly... You know, I just talked to LES, but want to make sure that I'm on the record to send my condolences and blessings to um, the family. And, um, you know, love and light as always, um, brothers. We all hold you up in prayer. So just want well, to make thank you, my sure brother. I said that. You know, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. All right. Um, oh, so as far as uh, Nancy Pelosi stuff is concerned, I, I don't you know, by the great, you know, strat, uh, uh, strategist and tactician that the, everybody claims she is. But in this case, this is really smart, right? Because if she holds one of the articles of impeachment, knowing that it's going to be a sham in the Senate, guess who can take up the article of impeachment after the election? The new Senate. So if she holds one out, they don't even have to go back through the Senate hearings. What happens is his butt gets reelected, he still may get removed from office. So it's just holding something over their head. So the Republicans hmm. are making this case that, oh, they should send them all, and she's just holding them out and blah, blah, blah. She should hold them out. We don't have to go through the circus because by the time the next year comes around or the next um, Senate comes in, they already have the articles of impeachment. They can bring in the witnesses. They're going to have all the documentation. And he's going to be up out of there. So his threat now is not just he needs to win so he doesn't go to jail. Even if he wins, he can still get impeached if they lose the Senate. I think it's a smart move. You don't have to play the really? whole circus all over again. It's smart. It's brilliant. I told but, you, Nancy, it was smart. Yeah, if, if, you, if you know that that Senate hearing is going to be a sham, why let them exonerate him on the one that the mm-hmm. one thing that you know is easiest to prove. Why would you let them exonerate him on? Don't. Just send one of them to him. Let them blow that thing up. But the next minute may get a shot at the sec- at the one that's most damaging. 
Now, I didn't look at it from that perspective. And, and you know, and, and I was on the side of, I think maybe, you know, you may be overplaying your hand. This may be a situation where you're thinking this thing, you know, you know you're thinking this thing, uh, you're not thinking this thing completely through and that, you know, the American people may sour on it. But you bring up an interesting point about holding the one article just in case this fool does get re- gets reelected, then you know, then introduce the next. But if he gets reelected, I mean, come on, if he gets reelected, it means that more than likely the Senate's going to stay blue, or I mean, stay uh, red, right? I mean, what purpose no. does that serve? No, listen, and, and here again, I know I've been screaming this since that man's office. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, for the analysis on it, I think what happens yeah. is that we get sidetracked, and we keep thinking every election means nothing to the last election. So you're going to skip over the last three um, um, election cycles and go back four and say, well, we're picking up where we left off four years ago. Think about the election cycles that happened since he's been in office. They've lost everything from state seats to congressional seats. Like, they're losing across the board, the Republicans Mm. are. So doing really good analysis, even if you add more people into the pool, which normally happens during the presidential cycle, we know Mm. this. He won three states with a total of 77,000 votes, right? And I'm talking Mm. Wisconsin, Mm. Ohio, and Pennsylvania. We know just Mm. in Pennsylvania, in the Philadelphia area, they were minus 100,000 votes from Obama time. There is no way in hell that he actually has a really good shot at this. Even if the rhetoric is there, no matter what the polling is, Hillary beat him by 3 million votes. And all you got to do is reshuffle those 3 million votes to different areas of this country, and he's going to lose badly. I think people's analysis is always a horse-racing analogy. It is not even. And think about all the stuff that he's doing, like bringing us to war, assassinating somebody of a, of a sovereign nation. Like, all of that stuff has to be playing on people's minds. So even if you can sit there and rationally say, hey, you know what, the economy is good, you're an idiot if you say that. Because the truth is, the economy is super juiced because of that trillion dollars that we keep adding to the deficit because we're not correcting that. So yes, the economy looks good and stock prices are going up, or I'm sorry, stocks um, and our markets are looking good because once you start a war, you know, Grumman and, and North Northam Grumman and Lockheed Martin and um, GE and all of these defense mm-hmm. manufacturers, stocks go up mm-hmm. the roof. So yeah. the stock market is going to go up when you go to war because we are a military-industrial complex, buddy. Right. So I'm just saying that for the record is that that is not playing on the, you know, the estimate of having a war with Iran is is losing at least a million people. They think a million people will die if we actually go to war with them. So people can't work that out in their head because they think they always a target assassination and they're going to back down. They're not backing down. You know, so when you think about what Nancy Pelosi has just done, if she does it, I'm not saying she has the heart to do this, but she should hold out an article of impeachment so that she can have an excuse to say, you know what? New information come up. We want to revote that article impeachment and then add on another one called treason because she conspired with the enemy. He told she told Russia before he let Congress know that they were going to 
go to war with somebody. Let's add on some other yep. stuff. That could be a brilliant move in the bigger picture. Well, I mean, it could be. I mean, and, you know, and like I said, I didn't look at it from that perspective. Now that I now now that I'm looking at it through those lenses, I, I can see the, uh, the you know they call her a tactician. I I can see what she she has going on. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's uh, the twelfth of January. It's a beautiful but brisk. Sunday morning here in the city of Houston, and I hope everything is going well in your neck of the woods. This is the serious side of the Jay Riles Show, uh, right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio, and it's his best. And uh, once again, I want to just tell this man, Mr. Elias, how much I love him. He's in the house. I mean, my God, I don't think I could do it, but uh, you listen, uh, you, you, this could go to show for you folks, the listeners, the dedicated folks that you have, you know, sitting behind microphones, sitting, you know, coming in here every Sunday morning, you know, and saying what they say. You know, we don't have to do this, but we do it because we love them. We do this because we feel that we have an obligation. People can make a commitment to us. We make commitments to them. It's a beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, at least some of us are trying to keep our commitments. Wink, wink, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Are you listening? All right, we're going to step by and take a quick break. In this week's edition of Informative, so that's something that, that you need to know. You know, a, a lot of Americans haven't properly prepared for retirement. And there's a little law out there that's going to help some of those Americans, or, or at least will attempt to try to help some of those Americans who didn't really plan their retirement future. Now, will it work? We'll see. Who knows? It's time for this week's edition of Informative. It's less something that you need to know right here on the TJRS Radio Network online Only radio. About it's best. Half of working Maybe Americans it. currently get retirement benefits through their employers. New federal law takes effect this year to expand that. NPR's Yuki Noguchi reports that while the impact of that new law may be limited, states have been making more progress. The most powerful way to get people to save for retirement has been through benefits offered at their job. But David Sertner, legislative counsel for AARP, says a lot of people don't have that. Over 50 million workers right now don't have access to any retirement plan at all. The biggest area where there's a lack of coverage is among the small employer sector. The reason, Sertner says, is that many small businesses lack time and money to set such programs up. The new law, dubbed the SECURE Act, aims to help with that. It allows smaller employers to band together to share administrative costs, making it cheaper and easier to offer retirement benefits. But doing so is optional for employers, and it's not clear how many of them will take advantage of the rule change. Also, Sertner says, the law won't address many other workers who aren't classified as employees. We have contractors and and members of the gig economy who, again, fall outside the scope of these kinds of arrangements in all likelihood. Alicia Minnell directs the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College. She says the fact that the federal bill passed with overwhelming bipartisan support is significant. But, she says, the changes themselves are modest. She notes the government has tried and largely failed to encourage more small businesses to offer retirement benefits. I don't really think they're going to move the needle much at all. The bill addresses the big issues, but it takes baby, baby, baby steps. These modest improvements include, for example, a requirement that employers offering retirement benefits also include part-time workers who've worked at least three years. Manel says that could help about 4 million workers. Manel and other experts say much bigger changes to retirement law have been occurring at the state level. Ten states, including Oregon, California, and Illinois, recently started requiring private employers to enroll their workers in individual retirement accounts if they don't offer their own benefits. 
Those state programs are expected to expand retirement savings to 15 million more people. Without a mandate, without somebody saying, Mr. Small Businessman, you have to do something for your employees, I don't think that we're going to see much change. Which is why Manel says she'd like to see such rules extend to all 50 states. Yuki Noguchi, NPR News, Washington. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Now, in terms of impeachment, you will keep asking me the same question. I keep giving you the same answer. As I said right from the start, we need to see the, the arena in which we are sending our managers. Is that too much to ask? No, I'm not holding him indefinitely. I'll send him over when I'm ready. And that will probably be soon. Was Nancy Pelosi saying that she would probably, we just talked about this, probably send over the articles of impeachment real soon. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best as we continue to try to have the show as we all have a heavy heart this morning for obvious reasons. Um, you know, Donald Trump said back in 2011 that, uh, you know, President Obama would start a war with Iran to get reelected. And that's what he said. Fast forward to 2019, 2020, he orders a strike to kill the second most powerful person in Iran. And now the Wall Street Journal has a report out saying that, you know, this wasn't a strategic move. It was, you know, what Trump usually does. This was a political move. According to the story, uh, the reason why Trump ordered the killing of this general was because there were some GOP senators who who were, they were egging him on to do it told me he needed to do this, and he did it because he knew that he, that he would require their support in the upcoming impeachment trial. When you hear this nonsense, when you hear this, you know, you go back to the reason why this guy got impeached in the first place. You know, when he to- 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 told Ukraine, hey, listen, uh, we need you to do, do me a favor, though, or do us a favor, though. That was for political reasons, political gains. His, the doc. You know the, the the what is it what is what is it called the, the the Trump doctrine is supposed to be you know some type of foreign war policy a foreign policy that pertains to the United States and the rest of the world. This guy makes decisions based on what's best for him. He's always been self-centered. He's always been self-served. And for you folks who can't see that, it's unbelievable. Let me bring the discussion to the table. And let me let me start with you on this one, Johnny D. This Wall Street Journal report says this is the reason why this guy ordered the killing. Because, once again, it's for political reasons. That there were GOP senators that said, hey, you need to make this happen. I can guess, can you say Lindsey Graham? He's probably one of those guys who said this. But when you think about the fact that this guy said, this guy this guy ordered this killing based on the fact, based on reports now, and all these reports have been verified. You know, the Wall Street Journal stands by the reporting. The reason why he did this, what type of nonsense and what type of trouble 
does this, you know, does this have for this country, man? When you have a person sitting in the White House making the type of decisions that he's making, not based on strategy or, you know, critical thinking skills, based on the fact that he needs something, trying to protect his own hide in order in this because he knows that there's an upcoming impeachment trial. What say you? Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, that, that's been the his whole entire uh, three years of, of serving in, in that office. Uh, it has always been opportunistic, as you indicated, for what's in, in, in his best interest. I have not read the article, so I'm, I'm I'm unable to to speak um, informatively on the specifics of it, uh, but it does sound sound highly likely that that those dynamics uh, played into effect. Now, I'm not one that gives this criminal a a great deal of of, of thought from a strategic and, and a tactical. Scenario, and I don't think that his cabinet is is well informed or or even as as astute. So, could it have been one of those conversations that took place? Uh, it certainly could have. Uh, was it for his political interest and gain? It always is. It's always about Donald Trump. So we can we can never ever underestimate that. Uh, sadly, you know what what happens is, you know you you look at the dynamics of right now, the the headlines and the Iranian people are are coming at their government pretty hard because of the 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 passenger plane that that was shot down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for some reason or another, it's it's like the the Trump regime and the Trump base is thinking that that's some type of moral victory. But it is not, because if you remember that there was some 8 to 9 million people in the street marching for this General Soleimani. So the reality of it is that America is still in a threatening arena. And because he decided that um, I'm going to go back to 2011, you know, it's amazing how if you look at the the, the rhetoric of, of Lindsey Graham and, you know, what he said back uh, with the impeachment of of Bill Clinton, how those conversations now are repeating and replaying themselves just in a different tone. Same thing with Donald Trump. But now, of course, we know that this isn't the first time that Donald Trump has has said something that he accused President Obama of doing, and he's come right back and, and done something similar. So it's always self-serving for this individual here. But... Know this right here: the threat is still imminent for Americans, and it is most likely it is most likely going to be contributed because of this because of this self-serving act that this criminal has committed. So, do I think that the story is, probably has some relevance? I, I do. I would like to see that article and read it more in depth uh, to, to find out whom and who was. With the nucleus of that conversation, did, yeah. did, did the article uh, indicate who, whom, whom the other senators were? Uh, Jay? Well, it, did, it didn't go into detail as far as who the other senators okay. were, but what, but, okay. but, 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 I mean, I think we all know, based on you know what's happened in the past, those uh, 
those what we call those hawks, you know, those war hawks that's in the administration. You know, right, everyone that's right. coming out and saying, Oh, right. I you know, I think that you know, I think he did a wonderful job in, in killing the general and you know, you can pretty much you know, bet your bottom right. dollar, Vanessa, that that uh that it was uh, you know, Graham. You know, but but here's the thing and I'm gonna go to Vanessa on this one. Vanessa, he stood up, he isn't the president, went to a rally uh, and said to the people out there, now he said things in the rally that he didn't even talk to Congress about. He said, listen, he said that there was reports that there was going to be four embassies that was going to be attacked, intimate attacks on these, on these embassies. Now, no one has proven this to be true just yet, but this guy stands up in front of people, Vanessa, and he lies so much, you just don't know what to believe. You know, it's like Ripley's Believe It or Not, what's fiction, what's fact? What say you in regards to what this guy did? And if these reports are true, you know, what, what, what type of mayhem are we dealing with when you have a president that makes decisions based on impulse and not critical thinking skills or facts or any any reporting from his intelligence agency. You know, we you know how he's he's always been at war with them since he's been in office. What say you, Vanessa? Isn't it terrifying to think that we have a president that holds his hand over the button? Isn't it terrifying? I mean it's it's so crazy that it's funny that we have a president that thinks he's best friends, and I'm going to deviate a little bit, who thinks he's best friends with Putin, who has a warship right behind our ship by 150 yards that can blow us out the water, and they're blowing the horn five times to Russia to get away from them. I think it is insane that the American people thinks that it is okay for this president to be friends, and don't laugh at me when I say Chin Yang Yang, whatever that man's name is, for him to be friends with him, and he's over there building nuclear weapons. I think it is insane for the American people to see him on the golf course one out of every five days talking to his friends, and they're encouraging him to do stuff like shoot Iran leaders which you're not supposed to do that now I don't have no love lost for that man but who who can imagine that this man should be leading the, the biggest country who, who can really go back and vote for him with a good conscience and think that that is okay I think this man is self-serving I think that he only worries about how his name is as far as presidential with stocks, bonds and cattle I don't think he cares about anybody else because they have an $80 million dollar amount over his head for somebody to shoot him. So I, I just, I sit back and I look at this stuff on the news and I think it is insane for the American people to think it's all right. I do. I think you know, Mr. El- well, well, you know, I mean, Mr. Elias, <laughs> um, Mike Pompeo, went on the Sunday shows and lied about there's an ultimate threat, you know. Um, And then, you know, you had Mike Lee. Let's listen to uh, Senator Mike Lee after he was briefed on the intelligence. And I want to get your thoughts on the other side of this. The biggest problem I have with the briefing, which I would add was probably the worst briefing I've seen, at least on a military issue, 
in the nine years I've served in the United States Senate. What we were told over and over again was, uh, look, this action was necessary. Uh, this was a bad guy. We, we had to do it. They had to leave after 75 minutes while they're in the, in the process of telling us that we need to be good little boys and girls and run along and, and not debate this in public. I, I, I find that absolutely insane. Sounds like me. <laughs> Mr. Elias, your thoughts? Well, you know something, Jay? Um, wow. All I have to say is that I'm shocked that a Republican would say something against him. You know, I don't want to give him kudos because, you know, you're supposed to tell the truth, man. And look, man, run along, there's nothing to see here. You know, I, you're supposed to have our backs no matter what. And that's, that's, that's the way these people think, man. They don't think that if he's doing something wrong, I'm going to say anything against him. This is, this is, this is, this is ridiculous, man. I don't, I don't quite get it. I don't quite understand how you can watch a president commit crimes, commit all kind of travesties against justice, and then and sit here and say, oh, you know, something, you know, he's the president, he can do it. What? <laughs> wow. It's, it's it's ridiculous. I don't I don't understand it. I don't I, I, I could I could agree with the Republican senator and, and saying that, you know, somebody should say something against this president but they're not. Because a, a lot of them are scared of losing their cash. It's about M O N E Y, man. And they're scared to lose that money that they're making. Hmm. You know, uh once again, Jerome, you know, Lion Trump uh, the Lion Administration, they go on all these different TV shows and tell all these lies. Uh, it's amazing to, to, to watch this unfold. It really and truly is. You have to say to yourself, you've always had partisan politics. You've always had people who have come down on certain sides of the issues. But I, I've never seen people that have had, who has their noses so far up somebody's derriere that uh, that they're willing to put the country at risk. What say you, man? Unbelievable. Well, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. You know, I I think that we are crazy for believing people who you know lie to you. Like it's so just it's so easy to discredit somebody in in, in this climate generally, but nothing sticks to those nuts. Right, so you look at Pompeo, you look at um, um, Dotard, you look at uh, remember General uh, Kelly and all of those guys, Sean Spicer, I don't know what's the name, um, Huckabee woman. Like you look at them and they lied, lied, and lied again. And people actually, when they say something, they said they're listening to them. You know, Nikki Haley. With all of them, Mike Pence definitely. So when Mike Pence says, "Oh, Iran was involved in 9/11," people are actually reporting that nonsense on the news, and I can't believe that they won't correct them as soon as they say it. I even, you know, at at the risk of having somebody kind of knock at my door, I'll tell you this: while we're at it, you need to look. We need to, just because we're supposed to be free in this country. We need to look at why the government has an issue with Iran. And so I'll give it to you like this. In 1953, that Iran was a democracy, like with an elected president. 
And you know who disrupted that? The U.S. The CIA goes in, assassinates, installs the Shah of Iran. He starts killing millions of people, starts killing his own people, all of this brutal stuff. But that was the U.S.-backed minister or, or head of that country. The U.S. backed him. Then the people rose up. They get the Shah out of there, right? The U.S. bat guy out of there. And now the U.S. don't like them. They had a free democracy, and the U.S. kicked them out. So our war with them is, Iran is correct when they say, we're not at war. The U.S. is at war with us. So anytime I hear people say, well, but he was a bad guy, anybody of any nation is technically going to be a bad guy when you are at war with them. I, not, there's nothing that I know of that they directly go at the U.S. But the U.S. servicemen who, who that Iran has backed militias or whomever, they're at war. You can't tell people that they did something, they didn't break any international laws. Of, and just like what they, their announcement was after they bombed the U.S. base, they sent ballistic missiles which ballistic missiles go straight into the air, go into the atmosphere, comes back down. So the U.S. had about 30 minutes minimally to know that those missiles was coming. Iran let them know that we can hit you precisely within a foot of wherever we're aiming these things. But they gave the U.S. probably between 30 and 45 minutes to get out of the bunkers, and they bunkered down, went underground, did whatever. But they let them know in a humane way. They destroyed that base a little bit, but they did not kill anybody. Iran is coming out looking more, um, more like they, their humanity is intact than we are. Because if you know anything about history when it comes to this, it is us interjecting into their world what we think that they should be doing, and we're calling them evil. So from their standpoint, when you start asking the people, you know, from the news reports that I saw of people on the ground, they're saying, we love America, but we hate your president. Let yep. me tell you something. Right? So we cannot yeah. just look at this stuff blindly and be like, oh, we're at war in this Iran. No. Iran is breaking no international laws. None. That's why we can't go to the U.N. and have your allies back, because Iran is just defending themselves. They have every right to defend themselves according to their charter with the U.N., that is a part of the charter. If somebody attacks us, we get to retaliate. And so every time Iran retaliates against the U.S., they're citing the U.N. charter because we took a shot at them. And then we went ahead and said we assassinated somebody. You can't do that. And what do you expect a sovereign nation to do when you assassinate somebody? So, I, you know, this it's is a It's a war crime. It's a war crime. It's a war crime. So just like George it's a war crime. Bush can't travel. Right. Just like George W. Bush can't travel, I can't. I, I believe that the international courts are going to find these guys of war crimes when they, just like they did Bush and Cheney. Well, he admits it. He admits right. it. He, he, he said that he left he left troops behind to take the oil. That, that whole fine. You, you can't do but that. I'm saying this, but I'm saying this at this tone on this station. On this network, I'm saying that so that you don't get up in arms when that guy gets convicted of a war crime. I don't care if you tell him. If I tell you that I'm going to rob a bank and go rob it, that does not let me off the hook. 
right? If you commit a crime, you're going to get punished for it. And so we either need to hold up to law or there is no law. So we can't hold any other nation according to whatever laws that we think that we want to enforce and then let ourselves off of them. So I'm sure, you know, again, like other nations, what what, um, the Trump people thought is that as soon as we go to war, everybody's going to rally behind them and be like, it's the president. And now, so you see Nikki Haley and those guys going, the Democrats don't like, the Democrats don't like America. Because they're not rallying around a, a criminal. Right? So... We, I just want everybody to be prepared for that and don't start acting like everybody else is your enemy because of the crimes that these guys are committing because they're telling you they're committing them and then they're going out and doing them. We can't rally behind that. You know, it's interesting you bring up Nikki Haley, and this is something we've talked about in the show a thousand times, how, you know, every now and then there's a Republican that gets up and drinks some truth serum, and then they say some wonderful things, and people say, oh, Nikki Haley, you know, she took the flag, she took the Confederate flags down when she was the governor. You know, she's called Trump out on things, but you know what? Then she goes on television and says the nonsense she's for the past week and a half. You know, if, if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, God dang it, it's a Republican. And this is what I always say to people. You know, you don't have to sit here and be a political strategist. You don't have to be a commentary. You don't have to be a historic. historic. Just use your common sense. You know, keep it simple, stupid. Think, think about this. Now, so the president goes out and says that, you know, I'm going to bring up three points here. We go to commercial. The president came out and said that they had intel that there was going to be an intimate attack on four U.S. embassies. Now, this is what they said before this morning, because now they're, they're, they're walking that back. Four. So think about this for a second. So, now, if there was going to be an attack on four embassies, an intimate attack, why didn't they bring security uh, forces in to fortify those four locations? They didn't. You know Why? Because they're lying. They're lying. Think about this. Everybody talked about Benghazi. Oh, my Benghazi. They didn't have security. At least the Obama administration tried to send folks there, but you know why? They couldn't get, they didn't have all the beefed-up security because Republicans cut that budget. See, they don't talk about that type of stuff, but they're the first ones in front of a microphone talking about Benghazi. So go back and think about it. Republicans, oh, my God, you didn't protect the embassy. Well, we held the dollars back, but you didn't protect it. So let's fast forward to today. So if there was going to be an attack on four embassies, why did they not beef up security at those places? That's one. They talk about now. Think about this. This is from a military standpoint. And I'm pretty sure Hawk can definitely appreciate this. So, so in order to 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 prevent these attacks from happening, you kill the general, the number two guy in Iran. Anybody with common sense knows that if you are in the middle of a military deployment, warfare, whatever, if you kill the general, his second in command, those acts will continue. If they were going to do it, killing that guy is not going to stop it. Come on, folks, use your common sense. And then think about it from this perspective. This is my last point. We'll go to commercial. If they were really hell-bent on blowing up those four embassies that the president says that they were going to do, and that's the reason why they had to take the general out, they were hell-bent on doing that. Do you not think that after they killed that general that they would really move forward and do that? 
Jerome talked about it just a few minutes ago. When they retaliated against us for killing their number two guy, they had millions and millions of people in the street crying. When they retaliated against us, you know, they informed Iraq that they were going to do this. They told the Iraqis, hey, we're going to bombs in there. So what happens? The Iraqis let the Americans know and the Americans get out, of, get out of the way. They went out of their way not to cause casualties. Come on, folks. Wake up and smell the coffee. Stop being so damn stupid and falling this man to the end of earth. Think about it. It doesn't make sense. It just does not make sense. We'll be right back after this. Jesus Christ. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
347 is the call in number 347 Welcome back in. It's the serious side of the beautiful Sunday morning. Glad you guys are here as we try to do the show with heavy hearts. Let's say good morning to everyone like we always do. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa May Belly from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. And smooches to you, Liz. Appreciate that. Uh, I call him the educator brother, Mr. Johnny. He in the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. Doing well. Just blessed. And, um, listening to some stimulating conversation. So, blessed. Appreciate you. Smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree's in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning. The man at our Mr. The man against the first and last word here on the serious side. The one and only Mr. L to the E today. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And we went right back at you, Vanessa. Uh, and Mariana Music. That was uh, the name of that song was X, and it's by Kinda Letty. Yeah, you know she definitely want to know that. You know how she is in her music style. Reading a lot of the posts out here. Can we say good morning, Mr. L? Still out to some folks in the chat room, if any. Uh, we only got two in there, and that is Bobo Bright and Easy. Okay, what's up? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? I'm pretty sure Convena Man is listening on some device somewhere. I want to say what's up to the pastor. Uh, Marianne Music has checked in. Uh, also, uh, what's up to Cindy uh, Theotis? Thaddeus. He says, I know him, okay. Oh, I know who that is. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, and uh, Malik. Uh, Malcolm and a whole lot of others and a lot of the comments obviously are condolences to Mr. L to the E to the Eds um, and we'll read some of those uh, during the chatterbox section of the show once again it's 347 that's the calling number you can reach us be a part of the conversation I mentioned chatterbox if you uh, want to go into our world famous chat room or hang out on some of the sites that uh, we monitor throughout the course of the show. You can definitely do that. We definitely monitor Instagram. We monitor uh, the other BTR. There's a few sites that we uh, monitor. There are a lot that uh, that uh, the list that plays the show that uh, we don't monitor. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm a little. A little computer savvy, so I have a way of having some stuff pulled in from other places, you know, as dumb as I look. All right, once again, 347 We're only a few minutes away from uh, Chatterbox, a few minutes away from on a need to know basis. Can't wait to get into those parts of the show, but you know, we still have some conversation to have, and we're going to have that right now. And we talked about the infamous Lizzie Graham. What happened to Lindsey Graham? You know, it's a dang old shame when you have to dedicate a whole segment to a man who has done a complete, and when I tell you a complete 180 on his vision, on his opinion of President Trump, is outstanding. It's amazing. It's something that you can't believe your ears when you watch and hear this stuff. Now, this guy was Senator John McCain's right-hand man, Jerome, his right-hand man. And this president has made a just a living out of talking about Senator McCain, you know, criticizing him. Now, listen, listen, we can debate politics all day long, but I have the utmost respect for the late senator because, you know, he served. 
And the fact that when he was captured, he could have been let go, but he stayed with the rest of his comrades in arms. And thus, and for those of us who are put on the uniform, that goes a long way. So whether you believe in the war or whether you believe in the military, that's your business. But you, you have to respect the guy. And listen, yeah, did he say some things that made you go, wow? I don't ever recall him saying anything racist. Now, you know, I'm pretty sure he said something that was probably a little colored. But I also remember when the lady stood up at one of his campaign rallies and said that President Obama was an Arab, but he shut that down. So my point is, is that you can disagree with people, and the people that you disagree with can still be honorable. This is a whole new different ball game here. Because Lindsey Graham is a chameleon. We should call him Senator Chameleon, Jerome, because this guy turned into whatever color or faded into whatever background he needs to be reelected. What say you about this crazy man from South Carolina? We we'll call him crazy. He's nuts. You know, I I still think that um, along with Lindsey Graham, they're they're not just enabling him, but they are knowingly misleading people. Now, I don't know if that's a crime or not, but I would like to see them bring um, Lindsey Graham in particular up in front of the, um, the ethics board for the stuff that he knows he's lying about. Yes. But the problem is, is that all of those people there now are Trump people. So we won't be able to get these kind of things until the next doggone administration. That they won't be able to investigate the stuff that they know that they're lying on. So we keep using words like, you know, history is going to show and blah, blah, blah. History has a, sometimes they have a short memory. You know, and what happens is that when people lie like that, like when, um, you know, George H. Bush was like, oh, there's no weapons of mass destruction here. Everybody laughs. Now we go back and say, hey, wait a minute. We started a false war, uh, a war on false pretense. So what do we do about that as a nation? That I mean, that's stuff that we have to reconcile and figure out. What are we going to do when we find out that our the people who are in charge of public trust is lying intentionally and they com- commit crimes? What are we going to do as a society? Because we don't like to we don't like to bring charges against um, people who are Americans. So we need to do something about that as a society. Yeah, we do. We definitely need to do that. And, and, and you know, the thing is now, now here's the deal, and I don't know if, you know, one of the reasons, I, I, I'm totally convinced the reason why Republicans continue to do the things that they do because they know that they're not going to pay, pay for it politically. You know, Mitch McConnell intentionally did not allow Merrick Garland to be interviewed. He basically said he's going to do what he want to do with the, with the Constitution. And he hasn't paid a political price for that. Even though he's unpopular in, in, in Kentucky, I still think he's going to probably get reelected. Who knows? But Senator Graham, you know, there's a young man, I can't remember his name, Jamie, I can't think of his last name, that's running against him uh, in, in South Carolina. And he reported that his campaign received his highest uh, uh, contributions or donations in the last week or so based on some of the nonsense, uh, some of the nonsense that uh, Lindsey Graham has spewed. I don't know if he has a real chance. I've always wondered about that. How the hell does Lindsey Graham from, you know, in South, you know, in, in South in South Carolina, you know, uh, 
I mean, how does he win? I mean, come on. Everybody talks about, when you look at South Carolina from the Democratic standpoint, how Joe Biden is really doing doing well with African American, and there's a large African American uh, uh, contingent there. How the heck does this guy keep winning re-election? You know, and I talk about him. Let's listen to Lindsey Graham talk about this speech that the president gave the other day. And he said it was, I'll let him tell you. I can't even repeat the, the lunacy and the ridiculousness that he mentioned. Let, let's listen to Lindsey Graham and we'll talk on the other side. Suleimani was up to no good. He was planning another attack. A third grader could figure that out last night. I always believed that they were trying to kill Americans. If you lob missiles inside an airbase, what's the intended consequence to kill people inside their base? We're lucky. We moved our people out. We had four hours' notice. But I said last night, I think it's more good fortune than it was lack of intent. But here's the good news. The president made a very bold decision today to allow things to calm down. This speech will be talked about long after his second term. This is on par with tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev. This is resetting the relationship between the world and Iran, just not the United States. The president said there's an evil empire in Iran that's uh, bent on destroying the world, uh, killing the people in Israel and coming after us. We put together. I don't know. How, I don't know how he can talk with what he has in his mouth. <laughs> this is on par with Reagan. And listen, now you know you heard me have my little rant at the end of the last segment, right? You heard what he just said. He said we're lucky. We 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 got our people out. We got notice four hours in advance. You know how they got the notice because the Iraqis told them. You know how the Iraqis knew because the Iranians told them. Come on, man, stop it. Those missiles that they fired at those U.S. bases, they can hit within 100 meters of their target. Do you honestly think that they missed on purpose? Oh, stop it. You guys need to stop it. So that's Lindsey Graham, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and doing whatever Lindsey Graham does with his knee pads on. Here's here's a Lindsey Graham back in the day, and then we'll talk on the other side. Jeez Louise. Unbelievable. Suleimani was up to no good. He was planning another attack. A third grader could figure no, that out no, last no, no, night. No, 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 no. Do we bring the same one back in? Oh, no. Give me a second. I'm going to load the right clip in. I'm not sure what the heck that was uh, because, no, we have another. But before I – let me let me get that clip loaded. But before I, before I move forward, Mr. L.A.S., man, you know, once again, Lindsey Graham, I mean, wh- what the hell is wrong with this guy? I, I mean, what? it's amazing to, to, to watch this fool operate and and say the things that he says. Like I said, he was John McCain's right-hand man. Right-hand man. Money means a lot of things to a lot of people. Hey, man, he ain't ready to give up that money. It's about M-O-N-E-Y, baby, and he's getting paid, and he's not ready to get that money up. Man, how do senators become millionaires? By lobbyists. The lobbyists are paying these cats, so that's what it's about. If you give it to lobbyists and all the rest of that stuff, in Washington D.C., maybe maybe you have a fighting chance at a, a honest a, a, a honest Washington. But good luck on that. Good luck. <laughs> you know, um, Vanessa, I don't know how Lindsey Graham. Here's the thing: these people act as if they act like they just invented you know television cameras in 2010. 
you can go back and watch. You know, Jerome brought it up during when we were talking about the impeachment segment. How all these Republicans were like, "Oh, you know, Lindsey Graham was one of the main guys. We need to have witnesses." Mitch McConnell. Oh, right, think it's important to have uh, witnesses uh, for President Clinton. All these guys said this stuff in the nineties. Then you fast forward to you know two thousand. I'm sorry, maybe they thought we invented cameras in two thousand nineteen. Because you can go back and play this stuff. And what I what, what's amazing to me is that they go on their friendly network because they know if they go on CNN or MSNBC that they're going to replace some of this stuff in front of them and get their reaction real time. Once again, how the hell do they stand in front of cameras in 20, 2019 and 2020 and say the things that they say, which is completely opposite of what they said in 2016 in Lindsey Graham's case. And when you look at both him and McConnell's place back in the 90s, the very thing that the Democrats are asking for now doing this impeachment trial, they were for back in the day. What say you, Vanessa? Because the people that are voting now and backing Trump now were not concerned with politics back then. They're not even listening to the reruns of what other uh, news segments, CNN, MSNBC, and OA, and what the rest of them are playing, showing what they said years ago. They only listen to Fox. So if you only listen to Fox News, then you're only going to hear what they want you to hear. And that's what they're all basing it on. That is the reason why Trump calls the rest of them some, so that when the CNN and the other stations go back and replay what was said years ago, they don't listen to it because they're on Fox. So, you know, they're getting away with it, Jay, because people believe them. But this is my question to you, Jay, Jerome, and everybody else on the panel. Now that people know that Trump lied, about shooting that man and and possibly setting up a war. Do any of you guys think that it's going to change some of the Trump supporters to at least uh, vote against him? I mean, that's a good question for today. I'm curious. Well, I want well, to know, you know, who do y'all think that that's going to change anybody's vote? Well, let me hear you. Yeah, let me let me answer real quick, and I'll throw it to the rest of my colleagues. I, real quick, I, there has been look. The numbers are showing that Americans want to see. Uh, uh, you know, they want the Republicans to allow witnesses. I think it's up to 70% now during the impeachment trial. I don't think most Americans are paying attention. I think it becomes like the Charlie Brown teacher, and folks are just like, whatever, you know, I'm, we're just tired. Once again, like I said last week, people are enjoying their lives. And you're not, if, you're not, if it's not really hitting you hard, then you're just going to do what you're going to do. I, 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 it may have some impact. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think there's some movement, but not that much. What about you, Mr. Elias? What do you think? Well, like I said, Jay, um, <laughs> the the money is ruling Washington, man. And dude, it, it, this is this is just totally ridiculous, man. Well, in regards it, to it, Vanessa's it, it, question, the fact that you think that he that he's going to pay a political price no. for some of the lies that no. he's telling here recently. Uh, no, okay. not not by his, not by his, um, not by his hardcore hardcore supporters. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you can look in the chat room and tell that these people in the chat room are just gonna vote for him no matter what he does. So no, the hour will fall like split fifty percent. Yeah, but he, he he like he said, I can go out in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and we'll lose a vote. They, they one of these people said, well, what did that guy do to Trump? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they just got people blind in the blind. I, I, know, I think it's ridiculous, but that's how they work. What about you, Jerome? Vanessa's question. What's your response to her? He's still here, Jerome. Yeah, he's still here. He's still here. What about you, John? Jerome? We get yep, I'm Jerome's here. Away. All right, there. Yeah, Jerome. So, yeah, what, what do you think? What, your response to Vanessa's question? Well, no, no, I, I didn't hear the question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You can go to Vanessa. Well, and... Vanessa, ask again. Go ahead and ask the question again. Well, my question was because people do realize that Trump set this up shooting that man to put us into a war, to put us into a bad situation, do you think that it is going to change any of the Trump voters to vote against him now that they know this man is crazy? No. What? What? Okay, so and let me tell you why I say no. Uh, what racism and white supremacy is, it is, it is, um, it is pretty much based upon um, suppression, right? So if most of the black people don't like him, they are going to like him. It has nothing to do about whatever particular act took place that makes us dislike him. That energy against them will create energy for him. So a lot of these guys are really uninformed. If you ever, I don't know if it was. Um, um, Stephen Colbert or somebody did this thing, a man on the street thing, and they were asking Trump voters questions about the Nixon impeachment. And they thought he was talking about Trump. And they were like, we don't, yes. we don't find no problem. Yes. Yep. Right? I, I laughed so hard, Jerome. I was like, wow. Yeah. I saw it, that one. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the sick thing about that is that they are fighting against, like, a cultural war. More or less, they're fighting against who are the majority likes. There are people who hated Obama because people liked him. Trump does not like Obama, and he, want, he wants people to like him like they liked Obama. So he hates Obama. Right? It has nothing to do with what he did. He can care less. I don't think Trump wants to go to war. I don't think he wants – he wants to do whatever gives him the most power and the most leverage. And – go against what the majority of people like. So they won with Hillary getting more than 3 million votes more than him. So they're like, the popular kids don't mean jack. Here's what we're going to do. So a part of that, and you have to remember, even the Iran stuff, it's kind of what colonizers do, right? It's like, we are going to tell you how to run your government until we like how you run it. Iran is not a part of the World Bank. They found uh, another reserve of 53 billion barrels of oil in Iran about two or three weeks ago. So you think we're not escalating for a different reason? We're not going to be able to financially hold Iran. So now we need to make excuses why we hate them. And all they're doing is fighting for their lives to that, to that point. So we need to be reasonable, and that's why when it comes to diplomacy, it's why you need to have diplomacy and understand what's going on. Right? It's not about you fighting somebody all the time. So whether you're in elementary school or you're running a country, every, every time somebody does something does not mean you have to fight them. Right? There's diplomacy that needs to take place. You need to understand why people feel like they feel and actually be able to maneuver around that. And we need to be smarter as consumers of this information to be able to think outside of what we're being programmed on TV. It's not such, so cut and dry as they're the evil access or whatever. We already know Bush lied about that. Now them same people are bringing up that same nonsense, trying to call them the same names. 
because they think you're stupid. Right? We Absolutely. need to understand yeah. why it is that, you know, everything is panning out the way it is. We need to be better people. Yeah, well, good luck with that because uh, we have a lot of people who are not yeah. being better people. We're no, I'm not saying them. I'm saying we do. I don't care no. about what, what, those, what yeah. those nuts do. We can't educate them. Right? Yeah, we, we try. We reach some, though. I mean, Every now and then we'll get one that says, "Hey, you know, I'm okay. You, you, you got right. me." Right. Everybody but, but is not evil. The problem is that they don't know. So when somebody does not know, you treat them like an infant, right? You say, "Hey, you can't have too much sugar because you run around here like a maniac," right? You don't tell them that. <laughs> don't give them sugar. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You don't give them sugar. Now I got the clip of Graham, uh, the, the honest Graham. And uh, then after that, I want to give Johnny D to respond to uh, Vanessa's question. We'll talk on the other side. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. He doesn't have the temperament or judgment to control himself when he gets mad. This is Kookland. He's disparaged women. He has an 80% disapproval rating among Hispanics. Uh, at the end of the day, he would be the most flawed nominee in the history of the Republican Party. I think he's a kook. I think he's crazy. I think he's unfit for office. He's not a conservative Republican. He's an opportunist. He's not fit to be president of the United States. Come to South Carolina, uh-huh. and I'll beat his brains out. You know, run for president, but don't be the world's biggest jackass. What's the reaction you're getting to calling him jackass now repeatedly? Uh, a lot of people are, in, you know, are offended. That jackasses are offended. <laughs> Graham, that, that's, that's four years ago, folks. I mean, everything he just said is true. But yet and still, he has his nose so far up, the president's behind. It's just something that uh, amazes just us normal people. Johnny D. Man, uh, what's your response to Vanessa's question about Donald Trump? Jay, unfortunately, I, I had to tune out. So I got a lot of commentary, real brief comments on a lot of different topics, but rephrase Miss Vanessa's question for me so I Vanessa? can make sure that I cover that. All right, Vanessa. Good ask, morning, uh, Good morning, good my morning. Question, my question is, other than the farmers being 50% split against voting against or with Trump, do you think that the normal person, Jerome, <laughs> The normal person, other than the racist, are going to change their votes, seeing that this man is trying to cause a war with Iran. And I'm not speaking of the racist people that you're not going to change. I am. I was speaking of the farmers. Their votes are 50% split. I am talking about the normal Joe, like us on this panel. Are they going to continue to vote for Donald Trump after seeing that this man is trying to cause a war to stay in office? You know, real real quickly, uh, I'm just faithful that this reign of of, of terror and demagogueness will end in in 2020. I'm I'm faithful that 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 will happen, although I I still say shame on the white male for some of the things that, that obviously you know is wrong and you continuously to allow to to take place and and you 
and you identify with the Republican Party, okay? Now, other a couple of other things I want to I really want to throw out there real quick uh, with Lindsey Graham. Uh, it's comical to hear the dynamics in which he's 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 gone from 2016 to now, and it seems almost like after John McCain uh, passed, he had no real allies, so he just decided at that point in time it was it was time to get on the the, the Trump agenda now. When you look at the dynamics of politics in South Carolina, because I heard Jay talking earlier about the constituency in South Carolina, South Carolina is is really two different two different states. Uh, you got what they call low country, high country. Low country is where you know you you heard that phrase called Geechees. Um, those are the individuals who are the a, a, a significant amount of minorities stay in the, the the southern part of South Carolina, and the northern part, uh, mid part, is is pretty much uh, Caucasian, um, like I say, rebel, Confederate type of individual. So, as far as his voting district, he is pretty safe. Now, the areas where Joe Biden and, and, and the Democratic Party are going to. They are catering towards that low country, Columbus, where Fort Jackson is on down. So with that, with, with, with those dynamics, he is certainly safe. What, what the hypocrisy is this here, the, the, the Mitch McConnells of the world keep referencing back to 1999 with Bill Clinton. If you look at the, the dynamics of the, the articles of impeachment with Bill Clinton, and I'm not by any stretch of the imagination suggesting that this is right, but he he lied to Congress and he had an extramarital affair, okay? That is a lot different than a man who's committed treason, extortion, and collusion. That That's what this criminal has done here. Now, they keep referencing back to 1999. You've got 100 senators. When I looked at the political facts, okay, there were actually 15 senators who served since... 1999. So that's 15% of the senators, but yet they keep on referencing back to 1999, where 85 of the senators wasn't even serving. So how is that still relevant, other than the fact that they just want to make it a talking point? This guy and what he has, has done to the office of the president is closely associated with Nixon versus Bill Clinton. So the voters, I hope when, 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 when they go to the polls, I hope that they remember some of the dialogue and conversations that, that's happening now. Uh, even with Mike Lee, I was sitting there looking at Mike Lee and, and, and I, was, I, I was pretty cheerful when he initially came out with his strong commentary. And then, of course, this morning I see him on Jake Tapper and he, he is a, a, a almost almost like a, a, a melancholy. His commentary, his demeanor, his demands are totally different. So th these guys are all in for the party, okay? They're all in for the party. But when you look at the Republican Party, what do you see? You just see angry white males. That's, that's, that's typically what you see, and that's why I say shame on them. And, you know, again, will the voters turn out, and will the voters do what they need to do? Look at look at the facts that Jerome has, has been indicating, and, and I remember the, the show uh, in in 2018 where 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 Les did that. What was it? A Tuesday night show? It had to be Tuesday night because that's the voters. And I mean, overwhelmingly, the Democratic Party just just swept offices. And and I do believe that if if a, if one of the candidates gets on message, if they get on message and have a true message, then this 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 reign of of, of demagogues will leave uh, and, and, and end itself. Um, 
Duval Patrick. You know, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago and hadn't heard anything from him. So I don't know if, if he'll even, you know, resonate. But uh, that that's that's a topic that we probably need to talk up and see if we can't talk him up again because he made an announcement. Has anybody heard from him since then? Because I haven't. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about, you know, where is Deval Patrick and should he, you know, thinking about topics for next week and I think we definitely want to talk about those outside contenders people who that we think maybe they should step out so we're going to definitely talk about that next week when we focus more on the democratic side but yeah. you know before you move your on point with, your point with South Carolina is a good one because it's the same thing here in Texas people talk about how you know uh, uh, why can't we turn Texas blue you know when President Obama in 2012 and in 2009 he won every metropolitan city in this state in this state you know every last one of them but because of the way the electoral colleges and how all that redistricting has been done he lost the state you know i mean good god dallas you want dallas houston you know san antonio austin oh, there's enough people in in houston alone that's yeah, come on i mean look at the numbers Absolutely. and so it's all Absolutely. about it's all about how they, you know, they, they break these districts down, and, you know, the electoral college has got to be the most flawed system in, in the world. I can understand why they did it back in the day, but there's really no need for that now. We don't live in those times. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Can I, just can totally I say ridiculous. something really quick? Yes, sir. To, to answer Vanessa's question really quick, I just I want to modify my answer a little bit because something happened to me like two days ago. Um, I went in the box food at this at this Italian restaurant. It's a really um, old restaurant. It's been around for at least 50 years. And um, so I go in. I order food. I come. This guy walks in with this Make America Great Again hat on. I mean, you know, I held the, the door uh, door open for this woman who comes in who pretty much ignored the fact that I hold it. And the guy behind him obviously had this hat on. So I kind of looked at him. And, and the guy who was the manager looked at me, and he says, and he was white. He said, "I guess you cannot. Um, I, I guess you can't expect everybody to be good people." As they were going to sit down to eat, and then the guy who was in line behind me said, "Everybody has a butthole, so blah blah blah, that kind of thing, right?" So as the white folks who was there thought that I was uncomfortable with him, I said to them, "Sometimes you have to let people go." That is just for a reaction. So to to answer your question, there are people who know that these people are crazy, Vanessa, and I guess I don't think that none of those guys are going to change, but the people who voted for him out of spite for Hillary, those people aren't going to vote for him. I think he's going to lose really badly because people people are not stupid. So just because they voted for him, they're not solid votes for him. I think the people who are rabid Republicans are just rabid Republicans, but we're talking about a little less than a quarter of the amount of voters are Republicans. That's it. So if you get 80% of a quarter, you know, good luck to you. But the independents and the people who voted for you because they didn't like her, I think those guys are gone. Yeah, and then the other amazing part about that, Jerome, and and I think, no problem, I, I think the other part of that, uh, is when you look at look at so many all look at the, pro, the the prominent Republicans nationwide famous people who have left the party Joe Scarborough left the party 
uh, Nicole Wallace left the party. You know, George H.W. Bush voted for Hillary. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I listen, you know, Congressman Jolly, all these people who were Republican senators and Congress people, former presidents, people who were, who worked on presidential staff, these people have left the party because of this man. And for people to sit around and think that, are, you know, hardcore Republicans, you know, it's these crazy people who are running around here supporting this idiot. It's amazing to watch this yeah. unfold. It really and truly is. It really and truly is. All right. Got to step out. Got time for uh, coming up next on the Need to Know Basis and Chatterbox. Listen to the serious side of the J. Rowe Show. Authorities in the Philippines temporarily suspended flights from the airport to Manila after a nearby volcano started acting up today. The ordinary volcano near the capital, popular with tourists, has sent a giant ash plume into the sky today, prompting an evacuation of thousands of nearby residents. International dignitaries in the Omani capital today to pay respects to Oman's late ruler, Sultan Qaboos, who died on Friday. The Sultan hailed for his mediating role in the region, again playing that role in death as regional and international leaders come together in the Omani capital. As NPR Sarah Angus reports from Beirut. Oman's unique role as a regional mediator played out as international dignitaries arrived, including the UK's Prince Charles, Iran's foreign minister, and Gulf leaders. The government declared three days of mourning after a burial on Saturday. Caboose's successor, a former culture minister, pledged to continue his predecessor's policies. The domestic challenge will be economic, rising youth unemployment because of falling oil prices. The larger challenge is continuing the role Caboose, the Arab world's longest-serving ruler, played in the region. Condolences came from leaders around the world, including Israel's Prime Minister and former U.S. President George W. Bush. Deborah Amos, NPR News, Beirut. Colorado now where police are looking for a suspect in last night's shooting in Aurora that left five people wounded, including three juveniles. They have released a description of the suspect but say there may be others. The shooting happened at an apartment complex where a party is being held. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world famous chat room, Mr. Elias. Man, we have anything that uh, you want to read from uh, from the chat room? Mr. Elias. Okay, maybe he's not there. All right, um, I'm not sure what he has in the chat room, and I'm not monitoring the chat room, but I am going to read something. Yeah, I got it. 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 Oh, you got it. Okay, I have it. Yeah, it says, well, as Boba Bright in there says, without the electoral college, the largest cities would dictate the rural communities how to live. That's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, but it's so, acceptable for them to it's tell acceptable it, for them live, right? to do it to them. Yeah. You're right. That's, that's acceptable. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-mm-mm. Well, that's not if you have anything else. No, I don't want to read none of that other stuff, man. It's just ridiculous stuff like that. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. All right, so let me read here. I'm, I'm going to read two uh, comments. A lot of them are obviously towards you. Uh, uh, let me read uh, from our two favorite folks. 
uh, the pastor says, uh, my thoughts and prayers goes out to Mr. Elias and his family, both his immediate and radio family. Over the past three years, I've come to know this man through this media, and I can tell by the way he carries himself that he had a solid foundation which equates to good parents. May God continue to bless you, and my condolences goes out to you and your family once again. Thank you, Pastor. That was pretty Thank smooth. You, uh, and Mariana Music just says she is heartbroken, and it's just a bunch of hearts broken. So those are our two main folks that we always try to go after, and everybody else pretty much along the same line. A lot of them are uh, are uh, just wishing you the very best and condolences to you and your family. Any response, Mr. Ellis, before we move on to the next section? I appreciate it. I tell I let the listeners know I appreciate their thoughts and their condolences, and I, I really thank you. I really, from the bottom of my heart. All right, and on that note, you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a. Tell me what you want me to do. All right, folks, this is my, it is my, it is time for my favorite part of the show. On the need to know basis with Mr. Jerome, and Jerome, what do you have for us this morning? All right, well, I, I don't have a lot today, but, you know, I, and I didn't want to start off with gossip, but I don't know if you guys saw the, um, that, I don't want to call her princess, is she Meghan Markle about those guys moving yeah. Canada? <laughs> It's yeah, been way better about this over the week, so I want to bring this up. I don't have an opinion on it, but it, it's an interesting story. Apparently, they are saying that they want to roll back from their senior duties as a royal family and take on some more private functions um, in mm-hmm. living Canada. So, from what I from from the stuff that I've seen, I guess. Um, I, I guess they're just pretty much saying that the queen is upset because they didn't let them know. I guess she let them know ten minutes before they were going to make before they made the announcement, and uh, Harry did. He gave him ten minute notice, and um, I guess the monarchy wants them to be the face of the monarchy at some point to look like they have some kind of diversity. But I think that yeah. she's taking so much heat from the racist stuff that she's getting out of England. Wow. Yeah. So they said that the articles have been saying, like, what'd you say? Wait, 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 wait. This is what I got to say about that. I don't care if they step down, and I follow them, and I love them, and I absolutely love London. But if you're going to step back with your duties... You, and you want to make your own money, then you need to give back that allowance that is given to you of $2 million a year. Give that money back. Tell them you don't want any money from them. You don't want that palace over there. Give it all back. They ain't getting that back. So they can have a house in Canada, but they want to keep their stuff in London, and they want to keep their allowance that they get. You know what? Who owns half of Canada? <laughs> Stand here. You can't have it both ways. You, Man. Why are you laughing, Les? You can't have it both ways. <laughs> I'm laughing, right, too. Right. I ain't going to put right. that on him. Because I knew, I knew right, I'm a little hard on this. <laughs> but let me say 
Let me tell you why, Vanessa. I believe that it should not. You should not be so hard on them. It does not matter that like that two million dollars actually comes from Prince Charles. It doesn't come out of their general fund. The fund that they're talking about is, is from security. But you don't just disinherit your kids because they don't want to go to Disneyland with you twice a year. Like they, they don't do that. A lot of people so just in their case. In their in their case, they they have a royal title, and there are some people who you don't hear of. You don't hear anybody talking about um, what's his name, uh, not Philip. Philip's uh, the Queen's husband. Who's the Who's the guy who was hanging out with Epstein? Oh, uh, Andrew. Uh, Prince Andrew. Andrew. You don't hear them talking yeah. about cutting his money off, right? Yeah, but the daughter right. cut him out of the wedding, but the daughter cut him out of her wedding, which I'm. Not- I'm sure that hurt just as much. But he's still well, yeah, but paid. that's not that's not saying that he has to move out their house and he's still not he doesn't have his royal title. You keep your titles just because you don't want to do the um it, it's think about think about it as a corporation, right? So say you you're a vice president you get paid. And, and you have to speak to the employees. Say you change your role and you work in a different department. That's all they're saying is that they're not giving up their they're not this is not Zumunda, and he's not relinquishing his crown. Like, he didn't go on the subway and be like, come on, I'm relinquishing my crown. He's not doing that. They're just saying that um, they want to relinquish from the responsibilities of having to do the state stuff that they normally did. Send Harry. What the heck is he doing? I mean, send the other guy. Can't even remember his name. And the reason that they need to do this is pretty much because they said that it is, you know, and Harry complains about this, and it, that's his wife, that she is taking a brunt of racist, uh, sexist stuff that's going on in England, and he, they, she's tired of it. You don't make that child depressed because she can't handle the fact that they're bombarding her with something. She's unhappy, and he's, they may have to take six months off. Let them take six months off. I don't see what the big deal is. Now, anyway, again, you can see where all the news was today because that was, that was actually pretty big. And I kept saying, I don't get what everybody's big deal is with them. But, um, you know, we're not English, so I guess I shouldn't shouldn't have too much of a too much of an opinion on it. Now, yeah. all right. All right, let me, let me go to some news because that was just a little much. My bad. All right, so the husband of a New York prosecutor who filmed his child um, his child's nanny on a bathroom spy cam could be charged. He could have charges against him dropped after he claimed that he only used it to watch himself undress. <laughs> <laughs> he, Matt, uh, I guess is uh, Fletcher, who's married to assistant district attorney um, Lauren, said that he did not fit the device to uh, record uh, Vanessa, I shouldn't even say her name. Anyway, this 23-year-old um, child, well, I shouldn't say child, the 23-year-old who was who was um, the nanny to his child, um, she accused him of spying in January, but the family initially claimed that someone else must have plugged in the camera, which appeared to be in a black USB power adapter. So they're not going to charge him for spying in on his nanny because he said he was first of all they said it wasn't he didn't put it there and now he said no I put it there to record myself again oh, that makes sense. 
Yeah. Again, there is no justice, boy. That's all I can tell mm-hmm. you. With it, whatever rich people get in trouble or people who have power, then technically we have to make all kind of excuses for them. All yeah. right. Now, Russian President um, Putin, Vladimir Putin, warns a full-scale war in the Middle East could be a c- catastrophe to the whole world. Now, he he's just saying that that um, if the U.S. leaves, of course, Russia will facilitate what's going on in the Middle East once the U.S. leaves. But he's trying to tell the, I guess he's sending a message. Yeah, we want the chaos, but we want we can take care of it. So he's now trying to talk to Germany and some other countries about Russia coming in to facilitate. And you know, um, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is accused um, has accused European allies, including the UK, France, and Germany, of not being helpful enough over the attacks, while keeping praise on allies on other allies in the region. Again. I know this has been a big part of our story today, but this gets to be nuts that they're playing a little game with everybody else's emotion. I just wanted to say really? that for the record. Now, I think it was, um, let's, see. oh, it was, it's another, another royal story. Prince Anne and Prince Edward um, call on the queen to get rid of her secret, uh, her private secretary. Um, for failing to, um, I guess he, they, they're saying that he failed to get a grip on the split of uh, Prince Harry and the Prince Andrew scandal. So they want to, there's the um, Queen, Aunt, Princess Anne is asking the Queen to get rid of the media person because of the split with uh, Prince Andrew scandal and Prince Harry scandal. Now, Britain is having a problem. So they want to get rid of Sarah Sanders because them fools are doing what they do. Now, that's a risk. <laughs> I just thought that was a little bit interesting, but it, it seems seems to be uh, in the Meghan Markle, Prince Harry um, story, kind of um, a part of managing. They're trying to just manage the fallout is all I'm saying. Um, they yeah. said that they both gained 500,000 Instagram um fans in four days after revealing their plans to quit though <laughs> so they're, they're close to wow. 10 million followers they're like y'all, y'all quitting alright cool let's see what's going on <laughs> I'm sorry I don't know what's with all the royal news today but that's what that's what I have for you now um, you know Instagram is removing posts that's supporting um, the Iranian general who um, who was assassinated and the spokesman person for Instagram's parent company, Facebook, confirmed the news on CNN and said that they want to comply with U.S. sanctions. Now, I don't know if social media is a sanction, but apparently um, that just seems strange. But anyway, to comply with sanctions, they want to stop them. um, They want to stop them from talking. All right, so watch what you say on social media is the, is the moral of that story. Now, you know, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are announced to be the hosts of the 2021 Golden Globes. Golden Globes as uh, Ricky um, Gervais um, steps aside after his um, monologue. You know, apparently he was um, a little harsh on the people who was there because, you know, as English people go. 
he just says whatever he was saying, and um, I think it was a little harsh. So now Amy Poehler and um, uh, Tina Tina Fey are, are coming in. And by the way, um, I didn't really cover any of the award season stuff because there was no black people there, so it had no interest. <laughs> Here we go with that little story again. There's no black people in uh, getting awards on this season. All right, now... Let's see. There's a a drug, finally a drug for lupus. You know the the crippling condition that can um, scar sufferers for life. So researchers discovered what they believe to be a big breakthrough in lupus treatment um, in decades. So if you don't know, um, yeah, Seal, um, the singer Seal has lupus, and some other famous people, I guess, is who they had on there. They, I think they were just naming people with lupus, but apparently they have a breakthrough in um, lupus treatment that they uh, oh. are rolling out. Yeah, which is actually really cool. Now, I want to say, um, Mike X Expert, who is the, I guess he's defense secretary, said on Sunday that he didn't see intelligence that um, proved that um, the Iranian general was planning attacks on four other U.S. embassies in the Middle East. Now, this is the U.S. Defense Secretary. He said the president didn't cite a specific piece of evidence. What he said was he believed is what Esper said. Now, here they go <laughs> this morning. He said, I didn't see one with regardless regards to four embassies. What I'm saying is that I shared the president's view that probably – my expectations were that they were going after our embassies. The embassy is the most prominent display of American presence in the country, uh, is what he told CNN, um, Jake Tapper today, that there was intelligence, that there was uh, there was intent to target U.S. embassies in Baghdad, but wouldn't comment on the intelligence regarding other supposed plans. They are still struggling to make up, get their lives straight, apparently. Yeah. It, isn't that Well, it's not just weird. It's crazy that anybody believes anything that these fools say. So well, they're going to keep believing it. What'd you say? They're going to keep believing it because that's, that's what they plan on doing in life, man, is believing bull. Well, again, wow. war crimes. I can't say that too many more times, war crimes, people. <laughs> Now, yeah. a magnitude 5.9 quake is the large is the latest to rock Puerto Rico, leaving behind a trail of destruction, displacing 4,000 people, causing 110 million dollars in damage. So this 5.9 quake. Puerto Rico can't catch a break, man. Yeah, wow. I mean this is like the second quake they had in less than a week. Wow, they cannot yeah. catch a break. Too bad yeah. for them, man. Yeah. Um, you know, in um, in Germany, like 13,000 people uh, will be evacuated from their homes um, after unexploded Second World War bombs were found. They're still finding bombs from World War II wow. in some places in Germany. And again, war is never pretty. So when people, um, yeah, when people are so gun ho to go into war. Think about this. This is World War II that they're still finding bombs in from. Now, um, 
Well, actually, you know, from um, there was a. I'm trying to think of where this was. I, I can't pronounce the name of the other country, but anyway, there was a. Let's see. There's an, oh, actually, it was in India. <coughs> Excuse me. They blew up like two luxury waterfront high-rise ap- apartments after they were built in vi- in, in uh, violation of environmental rules. So it was brand new, never had a tenant in them, and they blew them up. Now, this is like, it was ni- they were both 19 floors, and um, within a few seconds, they just blew them up. So that is a good waste of money. I'm, I'm just saying development has its price, and so if you are not going to seek your permits correctly, it will make you blow it up. They would never do that in this country. They'll just let people live there for a few years before they... Before they um, Keeping your head above water, you know. Yeah. All right, Joe, we have time for one more story, man. One more story. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. All right. So, you know, a Christian uh, mom's group is blasting Burger King for using the word damn in their advertisement over fears that children might repeat it. Now, guess who's president in this piece? So, anyway, Burger King claimed have brought a raft of what they called one million moms over a commercial that shows a man tasting the company's new impossible burger and saying damn and now people are complaining that he said damn in a Burger King commercial now to your point earlier Vanessa do you think that the people who voted for Trump hearing him call people SOBs and all of that stuff are still going to vote for him no but they're going to they're going to go after Burger King you can't say it but that fool can. All right. Yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> that is Have it your way. Wow. I can't believe they're still trying to argue Christian values when they voted for this fool. Wow. Yeah, yep. well, it is what it is. All right. It's time for our final thoughts. And, uh, Vanessa, uh, you go first. Final thoughts. Um, my final thoughts are as I go to church. I pray for this country. I pray that the country eyes open up, that people start paying more attention that even if it's just a few people or how many other people that are listening to us, how many thousands or whatever, can you just pass on some of the stuff that we're, we're informing you guys with some of the other people who don't even look at TV or listen to the radio when it comes to politics? Also, I want to give traveling grace and mercy to you, Jay, uh, on your way to like see your godmother. She's like a godmother to you. And uh, and anybody that is traveling to Leslie's family from you know, from Texas, from Dallas, from wherever. I pray that all of your family gets there safely. I understand that Chicago is probably going to have some bad weather. So I'm praying that all goes well and everybody gets there and goes back home safely. In your name, Jesus, we pray. And let our heart and our, our, our love go to you and your family and you're in our thoughts. And pray. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Vanessa. Johnny D, man, final thoughts. Real quickly, like I say, heart and prayers goes out to to Les, and you know, just know that that you're appreciated, know know that you love, and for every last one of us, and for every last one of the listeners, uh, there, there's somebody in our life who has who has carried us, and and has taken us to a point where we where where we appreciate what they have done, and. You know, we should always be thankful, one, to wake up in the morning. And I know sometimes we get caught up in all of the negative aspects of, of life. 
and that that can be that can be hard on us, and that can be heartfelt. But I, I just want to say one little thing, um, and, and this is something that, that I think about every day, and, and, and I made this up several years ago, so I just want to, want to share it with the listeners. Hate makes you blind, love breaks your heart, and hope sets you free. So to all of the listeners, thank you all for allowing us an opportunity to come into your homes each week, and for Jay, Miss Vanessa, Jerome, and Les. I certainly appreciate you all for embracing me over this last year and love each and every last one of you and pray for you every day. Take care. My man, ditto. All right, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome, is free, man. Final thoughts? Yep. I want, I want to once again express my condolences and prayers to um, LES and the family and, you know, Jay and everybody who is um, who is in mourning. Uh, with with all of us, we all feel um, sadness at, at your loss, and I know that um, you know I can speak for myself, but I know that we all kind of share a same kinship. So if there's anything that you need or, or 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 want, even if it's just a word or call, you know that is that is never a problem. And don't feel like it's a burden to any of us. Just pick up the phone and call because we are all there with you, brother. So. Just want to say that and say that um, you know safe travels to the family and um, blessings and light and love for everyone. Appreciate that, Jerome and the man. I guess the first and last word, Miss Delia. Your final thoughts. Well, I'm not sure if his mic may or may not be. I'm not sure, but here, let me, uh, let me just say this. No, I, I got it. 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 Right. I got it. I, I, would, I would be remiss not to say this because going through some pictures, my brother put up a picture of my mother protesting against Mitsko and their high rates, and she, she was in the newspaper. So to all my union brothers, I am going to read this. Uh, there's a new bill out. By Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa and Lamar Alexander from Tennessee, they're trying to hurt our pension. It's called a multi-employer uh, pension capitalization and reform plan, and it would devastate all our pensions. It would take our pensions from being in the green into the red. So, folks, get out and call your senators, your congressmen, to vote against this bill. You know, Mama, I tell you what, uh, from the first day I met you, you know, you embraced me as if I was one of y'all. Uh, I remember uh, running through that kitchen while you was cooking. Boy, y'all get out of here. And, and uh, I remember you sitting in the back with your coveralls on, chilling. You know, I remember you giving me a book trying to help me win the lottery. You had all these lottery books laying around. Hi, right, Jim, you want to read the numbers? Here you go. <laughs> And I read those books, and I was like, Mom, you know, come on. Now. Oh, yeah, you play this number, this number, number. I'm going to tell you it's going to work for you. I remember all those times. But I remember the most is this last – I remember a text that uh, that Les sent me uh, not too long ago. And, you know, he was visiting you, visiting you at the Norton, at the, at the nursing home. And uh, just can't say, I love you, Jerry. I love you, Jerry. I love you, Jerry. And, you know, and I play that over and over and over again. You would truly be missed. 
you know, even though I wasn't your son naturally, I felt that I was still one of your boys, and, uh, you know, and I love you just as much as they did. So God bless you. I know you're in a better place now, and, uh, and I'll be there uh, Wednesday to uh, pay my final respects. And on that note, Mr. Elias, it's Sunday. We're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you. And as always, uh, you know, we try our best to do what we can. So for Mr. Elias, so for Vanessa, Mr. Elias, Johnny D, and uh, my main man, Mr. Jerome Spring, I'm Jay Rouse, and have a great work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.